Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo, and I have some really amazing news for you that I'm really excited about. And this podcast episode, I know, is going to be a little bit longer. So I just don't want to take up too much time, and I want to jump right into the content really quickly. I want to mention briefly now, and then more in the future, like in future episodes, I'll talk more about this. But I want you guys to know that I'm opening a retreat center in Tulum, Mexico, and I've started a GoFundMe account for anybody who wants to offer a donation. The link is going to be in the show notes. It's going to be the show notes for this episode and for ongoing episodes, because for those of you guys that want to donate to the podcast, like you, you may not be ready to enroll in the academy just yet, but you want to donate some energy, some of that, you know, energetic exchange for the value that you get from this podcast, then I want you to be able to have that option and it can go towards this retreat center that I'm building in Tulum, Mexico. So if you love the podcast and want to contribute to the building of that retreat center, you can leave a donation of any size there. And I'll explain more about the retreat itself and how to consciously contribute in future podcast episodes. Okay, brothers, let's get into the content for today. I want to jump right into it because it's so much. I have to tell you that I had some hesitation on the title of this particular episode. It's a good title, right? The body is a temple. It's a good title, but it can trigger so many different thoughts and so many different expectations about what this episode may be about. I'm going to tell you right from the beginning, this episode is about another analogy of being. It's not an analogy about creation or existence, which is why I'm not including it in the of life series that you guys are used to, the game of life, the dream of life, the puzzle of life, and so on. However, this episode is an analogy for the body and the three ways we experience our soul, which is our true self. That's the alpha state, our soul. Like that's the divine essence within us. And we are triumphant human beings, right? We are triumphant beings in having a human experience. We are divine beings living a differentiated human experience. The soul, which is the inner core of what we call the self and the most essential true self, like it is the essence of the true self, is a part of the divine. It's a fraction of the whole, right? It's the fraction of the whole, which is the all oneness. And our soul is a piece of that. It's a piece of divinity. This divine wants to experience itself and it can't do that as a oneness, Right? It can't do that as everything, so it needs to become little bits of something. So it projects itself onto the three-dimensional holographic infinity in order to create the illusion of separation from which it can experience itself through consciousness. Consciousness experiencing existence and existence being the object of consciousness. It experiencing itself. We are it experiencing itself, and it is whatever you want that to mean. We can call it the source, we can call it the divine, we can call it the oneness, we can call it the universe, we can call it God. Whatever you want to call it, it is it. It is experience itself through little bits of itself, which is the soul, and that is what we are. Our soul comes to the third dimension. It passes through other dimensions and picks up other ways of experiencing itself from those dimensions. This is the diffraction. This is like a white light hitting a prism. And being broken into all the different frequencies, being broken into all different colors, these become the layers of our differentiation, the ways in which we are having a diffracted experience in our human form. The first layer, the layer that is deepest and closest to the inner core, which is closest to the soul, right, the core, this is the causal layer, the layer of mind, 
the layer of thought, of inspiration, of idea. It is the highest vibration because it is the invisible vibration. It is pure thought. It is immeasurable. We can't measure thoughts. We can't measure sentences in this ether, right? It's not the ether because the ether is the all thing. It's the ether is the consciousness itself and the consciousness of the consciousness that there is consciousness. But that first layer, that first layer of differentiation, the mind layer, are the separations of that consciousness, are all the different potentials of that consciousness that that consciousness can exist in, in its part, in its fraction, which are thoughts, which are little itty bits, like itty little bitty sentences. It's right next to God's source, right? Next to God's source, all oneness, this dimension is most invisible. It's the most ephemeral. It's the most temporary. It just pops in and out, like pops in and out of existence, but it's all thoughts. So it's purely invisible. It's just all of these ideas, just concepts themselves that are constantly changing and moving as little itty bitty fractions of percentages of the totality. These thoughts are not us. They are not the soul, but it is a part of the us. It is a part of the soul. So we can get to choose, we get to choose which ones we want to identify as. So they feel the most like who we are because they are the closest to the soul, the deepest layer, the dimension right next to the dimension of the oneness where consciousness is only conscious of consciousness itself. Below that, below that core, below that level, and I say below, but recognize these are all happening at once. There's only this now. So they're all layered on top of each other. So within that or around that first layer is thought, a fraction of consciousness in idea form, which is invisible form. The next dimension that we pick up is the astral dimension, the dimension of vibration. This layer is a slower layer and it begins to form a wave function. So the first layer is thought, it's invisible. The next layer is astral and it's a wave. The wave we experience as feelings, the wave we experience as energy, it is our spirit, the energy that is constantly transient through the all oneness. Everything is energy. Everything is a wave function of the oneness. Like when we see a wave in the sea. And it appears as though it's on top of the wave, right? It looks as though the wave's on top of this body of water. But the fact is that there is a current moving through the entire sea, through the entire body of water below the surface. And this wave is similar to the wave of energy that is passing through what we experience and label as space. There is no space, brothers. Three-dimensional space looks like there is emptiness between solid objects. This is a part of the illusion of duality. Everything is one. And in this oneness, there is thought, there is energy and there is form and in the realm of energy it is moving in a wave just like the wave just like the current in the sea there is no actual empty space everything is either ether of oneness everything is energy more subtle than the energy is the invisible thought however the energy is the basis of everything once there is vibration once information is present presented in the universe in the all oneness this information then moves like a wave thoughts are information also However, they are higher vibrations of energy, so they're more subtle because they're closer to the soul. So the deepest layer is the causal layer of mind or thought, and the next deepest layer is the astral layer of spirit or vibration and energy, which we call feelings. These are our feelings. We label these with our mind as feelings. So we have the soul at the core, a shell around that called the causal layer of mind, and then another shell around that called the astral layer of energy or spirit, which is our feelings. All feelings or vibrations are a part of the oneness. A fraction of the consciousness is energetic. It's in its vibrational energy form. And then finally, brothers, our soul arrives on earth in its three-dimensional form with a body, this body that we recognize. This dimension is the dimension of form. It is how the all-oneness experiences itself through existence that we call the five senses of the body. It's a separation. It's our illusion, but we experience it through the body. The body uses the brain to perceive the third dimension, which means it slows down the information 
of the all oneness and uses to experience itself in the other dimensions in the other ways the brain is the filter that's what the brain does it is an organ in the body that is a filter for the third dimension which is why it appears as though we live in the brain it appears as though we exist in the brain and why there's so much research done on the brain when it comes to understanding the human experience everything in this dimension is perfect it is all a part of the oneness. Everything in all dimensions are perfect. Just like all the thoughts are fractions of the whole and all feelings are fractions of the whole, it is equally true that all forms in this three-dimensional realm is a part of the whole and therefore everything is perfect and everything is neutral. Everything is data. It is all just information. This third layer is the layer that is the furthest from the soul. Right? It's the outer layer, brothers. Which is why it is so difficult to remember who we are. <laughs> this is the answer to why do we forget, coach? Why do we forget that we are souls? Why are we so bound to the material realm? The experience we have as humans in the dimension of form draws us into the experience itself, and we drift further away from our consciousness, which is our divinity, consciousness of consciousness itself. That is the soul. That is the all-oneness. The more we identify with our body and the material world of form and separation, the more unconscious we are, the more distant we are from our consciousness of consciousness itself, which is the soul, which is God. The academy is the first step in remembering who you truly are. That's why I keep saying it's soul remembrance. It's remembering who you truly are. The process of that is through cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. You are not the mind. You are not the feeling. You are not the actions. These are the, all a part of the universal truth, T, F, and A in the model of alignment. The circumstance, the C, and the result, which is the R in the model of alignment, are a part of the ether. The existence itself, the space, the outer, the outside of the body space that we experience in the illusion of the third dimension. So I want to offer you an analogy today. Here we are almost 10 minutes into the podcast, and today I want to offer you an analogy, a story, a thought experiment for how this all looks, how this all works, and how you can work with this idea to begin to wake up to your true self, to begin to remember that you are a soul, that you have the divinity within you, that is the soul that is part of the all oneness. Okay, so the body is a temple, right? Now, for the sake of the 21st century, we will say that the body is a house. It's the same thing. We're going to update this for current times. The body is a house, <laughs> right? Yes, I know you've heard the body is a temple, but let's just say the body is a house. You've heard me say the body is a vehicle because we have the illusion of movement in the third dimension, but it's closer to the truth to say that the body is a house. It doesn't really move through separation in space as it appears to. Because remember, it only appears this way based on the brain slowing down vibration in order to understand the experience in this dimension. What is actually happening is that your soul is drifting through infinity and eternity. It is in all places at once being slowed down by the whole in order to experience itself. So it's really moving stationary everywhere all the time. But let's call it a house. The body. In separation, we will call it a house. We'll call it a house in this form. Living in the house is an entity. It is the I. It is what you call yourself. Now, it isn't the soul in this analogy. It can be the soul in this analogy, but I want to be careful about calling it the soul in this analogy because the soul is not bound by the body. It's not within the body. The ego is within the body. We don't want to call it the ego either because the ego is the not self. But I don't want to call it the soul because I don't want to call it the self. So we're just going to call this entity. We're just going to call it the I, whatever you want to call it. This is the person living in your house. This person, this I, I form living in your body. Now, this begins as an empty house, and over time, you, the you, the person living in there, begins to fill it up. Now, again, I want to be careful about calling it the soul, because it's not the true you. 
It's like the part of you that is aware of existence itself. It's the part of you that is aware of consciousness itself. So it's not the soul, but it's the soul becoming aware of the soul. It's the thing that the soul uses to become aware of itself. And so you begin to fill up this house. You begin to fill up this house over time. You fill it up. Thoughts are the furniture, the things and stuff you put in your house. Thoughts are not you. Thoughts are just things. Thoughts are part of the infinite amount, the infinite potential, because the all oneness is infinite and eternal. Thoughts come from that. However, they are slightly slower in vibration. They're just percentages of fractions. They're still invisible. They're just a little slower because they're not the all oneness, but they are a part of the all oneness. They're just fractions of the all oneness that exist in the all oneness. And we get to choose from the infinite potential that come from that. They are ideas of the consciousness itself. They are fractions of the infinite potential. So they are not you because you are the soul. Thoughts are from that other dimension. They are from that layer, that shell around the sliver of divinity that is the true self. In this analogy, it is important for you to understand that thoughts are the furniture in your house, not the person in your house. See, you get to choose your style. You get to choose your beliefs. You get to have your house as dirty or as cluttered as you want it to be, just like you can have your thoughts scattered and confused and lacking clarity and awareness. You can always change the furniture that you have in your house, just like you can always choose to believe new things. You want your furniture and the things in your house to serve you, just like you want your thoughts to serve you. You want the things in your house to have a purpose, right? Like, why do you have a chair in your house? The purpose of the chair is to sit on. Why do you have a TV? The purpose of the TV is to watch. Why do you have a glass? Why do you have a cabinet full of glasses and dishes? The purpose of these things is to put food on and to put water in. Right? Everything you have has a purpose. You don't just have things in your house that have no purpose. Maybe you do. Just like you probably have thoughts in your mind that serve no purpose, but you want your furniture and your things in your house to serve you, just like you want your thoughts to serve you. You want to choose the thoughts that serve you. You want your furniture to serve you. Your furniture doesn't come with the house. You decorate it. You go out and get it. Just like your thoughts are not you, you go out and you choose. They don't come with you here to this life. They are constantly floating in the mental plane for you to pick and choose the ones that serve you or unconsciously experience the ones that you have been planted, programmed, or conditioned within you from other unconscious entities like our parents, our teachers, our friends, society, institutions like governments, religions, big pharma, big tech, and so on. Now, brother, so all the things and stuff in your house are the thoughts, right? Now, I've used this analogy before when we talked about cleaning out the rooms. Right? Remember going up into the rooms, turning on the lights and cleaning them all out? This is true of the whole house. The whole house is filled with stuff. All the things, all the furniture, all the knickknacks and everything. These are your thoughts. Does everything in your house have a purpose? Does everything serve a conscious purpose? Do you have things in your house that are just there for decoration? They're just like sitting on a shelf, right? These knickknacks. Do you have things in your house that you don't use anymore? Things that are just sitting in a corner taking up space. Is there anything in your house that doesn't match your current style, but at one point was a style you chose and now you're just hanging on to that style for sentimental purposes? Is there anything in your house that you don't want anymore and you've just chosen to ignore it, to not see it, or to stuff it in some back room, back closet somewhere where you never have to look at it? Is the decorating, is the decorating that you've chosen for your house an example of the way you want to feel while you're living there? Is the furniture the right color and texture? Does it match the vibe you want to create? Is it cluttered or organized? Does it cause you peace or does it cause you overwhelm when you are in your house? Brother, all of these questions and more are aimed at developing cognitive mastery. For this analogy, you are tasked with the monitoring of the individual style, the inner style of your house, the decorating the style, the feng shui, or whatever you want to call it. 
This is cognitive mastery. This is the aura you give to the interior space of your house. The way it is decorated, the colors you paint on the walls, the furniture you choose to fill the floor with, the things and stuff you collect in your home. This is all the story, all the belief, all the thoughts that you hold into your way of shaping your individual human experience. None of it comes with you. None of it comes with the house. None of it comes with the body. You choose it, all of it, and you bring it into your home. Thoughts just float around in the ether and we choose the thoughts that we want to begin to experience when we choose a thought and slow it down with intention, with belief, it starts to move into the physical dimension of form. This is where we experience the realm of thought. We experience it in form through the intention and the slowing of vibration. So it is the furniture. Now, before I move on to energy, before I move into the astral body, I want to say again, I'll say this very strongly, that you are not your furniture. You choose your furniture. You choose all of it. It's so important. You are not your thoughts. And thoughts don't come from you. Thoughts don't come from you, brother. They are neither you nor of you. They are their own thing, existing in a more subtle dimension of oneness. Remember, you are the soul. You are the oneness itself. The thought is the way the oneness experiences itself through you. But you are not the thought. You are the one experiencing the thought because the thought is a fraction. So you're experiencing a fraction of it all through it all, creating you to have consciousness, to know the thought, think the thought, choose the thought, manifest the thought into form and experiencing that thought through confirmation bias so that the all oneness can experience the eternity and infinity, infinity of what it is. You are not it. You are the soul. You are infinity itself. Thoughts are their own thing, existing in a more subtle dimension of oneness, floating around our soul for us to choose how we want to experience that which is us, which is everything, the all oneness. Thoughts appear to be who we are due to their proximity to the soul. However, they are actually only being used by the soul to be experienced and offloaded through the causal karma of the causal dimension. It is so beautiful. like It is so perfect. It's so perfect the way it works, the way it happens, the way it exists. It exists with us, layer on top of layer. And we are here to experience all of it in fraction. It's beautiful, brothers. It's so beautiful. So pay attention to the furniture in your house, right? Pay attention to what you bring into your house. Make sure it has a purpose. Make sure it serves you with intention. Make sure it's something that you want in your house. Make sure you've chosen it with consciousness. You can believe anything you choose. There is no restriction. There's no restriction on what you can believe because the realm of thought is infinite. It is all things. All realms are infinite. All realms have the potentiality of infinity. You can choose to think anything you want. It's all available to you. Even what hasn't been thought before is still available to be thought because everything has been thought of already. It's just waiting to be chosen as an experience in the realm of form. It's all already there. It's all there for you. The thinking is there for you. It is not of you. You can choose what you want to believe. Now, the second layer or the shell, right, surrounding the soul. I know I got to move on because we're already at 20 and I love this. Like we're getting into it. You guys are getting this, right? Like you're feeling this. You're remembering this. You're remembering that you're a soul, that your thoughts are there for you to experience form by taking them and choosing them with intention and slowing them down through the second layer or the second shell surrounding the soul, which is another aspect of the Trinity that makes up the human experience. And this is called the astral realm. This is the realm of vibration, of energy, and what we call and label as humans, feelings. It is a slower dimension than the causal realm because now information moves in waves. Instead of moving in pure, invisible formlessness, 
Now it's been slowed down to move as a wave. In the causal realm of mind, information moves invisibly as consciousness alone. In the astral realm, information moves as a wave of energy, so it is slower than thought. Thought is instantaneous. Thought is everywhere at all times. Energy is slightly slower, yet still everywhere at all times. Like the water that fills the ocean, remember, is in all places of the ocean at all times. The ocean is the ocean. There is no thing that is not the ocean outside of what the ocean is, and all the water that is in the ocean is a part of what the ocean is. That's like the astral realm. All the energy that exists in the in infinity is in the astral realm, and it's layered on top of all the other realms. All the other realms are happening simultaneously. The realm of thought, called the causal realm, the realm of energy, the astral realm, and the realm of form, they're all happening now, just in subtler ways of energy. And just like the ocean has currents in its change, it underneath, it's constantly in all places of the ocean is the water, and there's currents that move in different directions. These are the energy waves that pass through the water as the water itself. This is the second shell around the soul, another dimension of experience, and a part of the differentiation of our human experience. It is our feelings. It's our spirit, our energy, it's our vibration. Now, in the house analogy, these are the people that come to the house. Thoughts are the furniture and the things and the stuff in the house. Energy or vibration or the feelings are the people that come to our house all day, every day. From the moment you wake up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep in the evening, your body is passing energy through it, brother. That's what your body's doing. It's in the astral realm, in the astral dimension. Just like the causal realm is omnipresent, we pick and choose which thoughts we want to engage with, the astral realm is also omnipresent and we are floating through it like clouds in the sky. All three realms are layers on top of each other, existing in the all oneness together. This is what we are experiencing as the soul, all three dimensions. All three dimensions are existing simultaneously and we're experiencing them all simultaneously. Although our current perception is here in the third dimension, we are also experiencing the other dimensions as well. So as you are here in this planet experiencing form as a primary, you are also experiencing and engaging with the causal realm of mind, which is thoughts, and the astral realm of spirit, which is energy. This is why we as humans have the power of creation within us. We are the soul, we are the divine self, and through that divinity, we have a connection to all three realms of creation, thoughts, feelings, and actions. Okay, so back to analogy. All day long, people are coming in and out of your house. Just like all day long, you have the furniture you've chosen to fill your house with. All day, you are thinking these thoughts because the furniture is always there whether you are conscious of it or not, and all day long, you are entertaining people coming to your door of your house. Okay, so let's talk about emotional ownership. Brothers, I have told you that there are four ways of handling emotions. There are four ways we respond to feelings, the energy vibrations in the body. There are the three responses of the beta condition, and then there's the response from the alpha state. The three responses of the beta condition are resistance, avoidance, and reaction. And the alpha state responds by accepting the energy, allowing it through processing it. So while you sleep in your bed, right now, while you sleep in your real bed, your bed in your home, the person living in your home in this analogy is also asleep. The moment you wake up in your bed is like that person in your house waking up and beginning their day living in that home that we call the body. But they can't leave the house, of course, any more than your soul can leave your body in the third dimension of experience, right? Like that body is your home. That's why it's not really the soul because it's trapped within there. A very quick and simple way to understand death in this analogy is like when the person living in your house decides to become nomadic, right? Takes the possessions, takes the thoughts that are the most important to them, and then leaves the house never to return, wandering around, bumping into other homeless beings as a formless energy in the astral plane. Now, we, we never really die. 
because of this. The soul is eternal. But enough about that. Well, let's get on with the analogy. That's a whole nother episode, brothers. Let's get on with the analogy. Now, the person living in the house is the one that determines how you handle the vibrations that come to your house, right? That come to your body. Now, they can go down to the front door and they stand there like a sentry at the door, not letting any people in except for the very few that seem okay. What do we call this? We call this resistance. You're resisting emotion. You're resisting those people coming into the house. You're resisting those people coming into your body. The sentry will resist certain people from coming in and they'll allow others to pass. Those who can come in, those who can come into the body are happiness and joy and love and excitement and all those that feel good. Those that can't come in are shame and guilt and fear and boredom and sadness and security and all those that feel bad. This is resistance. This is the practice of not feeling, of resisting a feeling. However, the sentry never really turns the person away, right? They just don't let the person into the body. So the person just sits there on the porch, like this entity, this energy, just sits there on the porch and waits a while and then tries again, tries to get in the house again and then again and then again and again and again and again and again. And it never goes away because as you know, what resists persists. That person, the energy, the vibration, the feeling, whatever it is, it is always going to be there on the porch waiting to be invited into the house. It is there for a reason, a karmic reason that is outside the scope of this podcast episode because we're not going to talk about karma, but perhaps something I will do another episode on in the future. So that's resistance. Standing at the door like a sentry, no, you can't come in. Another thing the person who lives in your house can do is to ignore the people on the porch, ignoring the vibrations, wanting to pass through the body. This is avoiding, right? You guys know this one too. This is avoiding. This is buffering. And this is so similar to resistance, right? Like with resistance, the person inside you is aware of the vibration and actively says no. With avoiding, there may or may not be an awareness of the vibration at all. There may be awareness that with intentional ignoring or avoiding, right? Like I know that I am bored and I want to avoid being bored, right? There's a lack of awareness that is unintentional and that's ignoring. That's also avoiding. But either way, like I don't know I'm bored, right? I'm just like, I'm just avoiding. I'm just buffering. I just pick up my phone. I start scrolling through some kind of video game or social media app, right? But either way, the person in the house isn't standing at the door saying, no, you can't come in, right? They're not acting as a sentry. They're acting in resistance. Instead, they are just wandering around in the house looking for something else to distract themselves with. And this is the buffering. This is the distraction that is generally linked to some kind of pleasure receptor in the brain. And brothers, this is constructed intentionally. This is constructed intentionally by the institutions that make money on those distractions. They are intentionally aimed at your pleasure centers. Remember, brothers, it's not value that people seek in this world. In this human experience, humans are not seeking value. Money is not exchanged for value. Be very clear about this. We're not using the money of energy or the energy of money to exchange for the energy of value. Value is a subjective term. Value has no clear definition. Humans don't buy value. Value is not an energy. Money is an energy. It shifts in response to energy. Humans buy vibrations. Humans buy energy. They buy feelings. We buy experiences. That's the only thing that's selling out there, my friends. Vibrations, experiences, and energy. Feelings. That's what's selling. Feelings. We don't want the result. We only want the way we think the result is going to make us feel. That's an alpha male tenet. So learning how to recognize and create your own experience, which is emotional ownership, is how you learn how to create massive wealth doing what you love. When a certain percentage of our species learns how to connect with their vibrations, which is their astral self, and we are able to intentionally tap into creating the vibration we want to experience, then there will be no more need for money, right? Because there'll be nothing to sell. There will be abundance. There will be a transition into abundance. Humans will have learned how to create the outer from the inner instead of allowing the inner to be dependent on the outer. And until then, 
Lots of money is to be made with the exchange of vibration. Humans will sell the vibration of pleasure for the vibration of wealth. Big pharma controlling and numbing your feelings. Big tech with all of its gadgetry, sex, drugs, and the entertainment industry, including professional sports. I mean, brothers, it's all a part of the matrix. It's all a part of the distraction to sell you a vibration. When that is recognized from the inner... That is when our soul seeks and it moves towards abundance. But when we are constantly being distracted by the outer, our overpleasure builds up in excess through buffering, which is avoiding feeling. And like resisting, when people are on the porch of the house, they don't just go away. They stay there until they're acknowledged. So when you're buffering, that feeling you're buffering is there to stay, just like resisting. It's coming back. Now, the final way the beta condition uses the body to handle emotions is in the realm of form, which with reaction. Here, the person in the house basically just allows the person on the porch, the energy on the porch, to come into the house and take over the show. It's like they're having a temporary new owner of the home. It's like the person in the home just goes away and says, okay, you can sublet this building for a while. You can sublet this house for a little bit. The other person, the vibration, the energy comes in and is the master of the house. This reaction is the energy kind of getting what it needs, right? It kind of gets what it needs. It needs to pass through you as an energy in the astral realm. There is the conscious vibration that you choose to initiate into the oneness. This is like doing a thought upload or a prayer or taking intentional actions. It's a moving meditation. But there's also the unconscious vibration as a part of the astral karma. And this energy will pass through you unintentionally. It's like the causal realm of thoughts. All the infinite potential of thought is available and passing through your mind. However, you get to choose certain thoughts that serve you and keep them in your house as furniture. The people you bring into your home are like that too. Of course, when you learn how to make friends with vibrations, you can invite your best friends over as often as you want. You can invite over compassion and forgiveness and patience and confidence and love and gratitude and gratefulness and all those wonderful things. These are the guys, these are the ones that you want around a lot. But there are always going to be people, some known and some strangers, that show up on your porch wanting something from you. And this could be based on unconscious thoughts that you're engaging with in the causal realm or just waves of current in the astral realm passing through you. It doesn't matter. However, you are more likely to react instead of allowing when you are less conscious of and intentional with your energy. Brothers, for years and even today, therapists have recommended reaction as a healthy form of processing feelings because it is a movement of the energy through the body. It doesn't keep the energy stuck in the body or sitting on the porch like resisting and avoiding does. And in some ways, I agree with this. In some ways, I agree that reacting to feelings is like letting the person inside of you let the house be run by one of the people passing through you. And that can be a very benevolent thing to do when you can open your home, your body to the energy wanting to pass through it and let it find shelter, rest, nourishment, or whatever it needs before it passing on. But what people do, what these people do, what these energies on the porch want is to be felt. They want to be acknowledged. They want something. They want to be loved and they want to be taken care of first and foremost. However, if you don't invite them in and show them hospitality, then the next best thing to do is to let them have a free run of your house with your permission. That's reacting. So it can be therapeutic. Some therapists advise that. The problem isn't with the reaction. It's not with the actions taken by the surrendering to the feeling. The problem is the way we judge our behavior during the time the energy was in control when we were acting unconsciously through the reactions of our feelings. All of the actions are neutral and they're all a part of the whole. So they're all required for the unfolding of the divine particle of perfection and infinite possibility. But we judge the way we act when we are feeling angry or insecure or bored. And then we use that judgment to feel more of it. And then we add shame and guilt and resentment into the mix. Look, brothers, reaction isn't bad. It's a passing of a vibration. 
It is an unconscious reaction. The alternative is conscious reaction, which is allowing. This is the handling of energy from the alpha state. It is an experience of your astral self. It's the experience of the energy body from your soul, from the position of the person in the house, the core energy, the core being, the one that chose all the furniture too, right? The one that has decorated the house. When you respond to your feelings from this perspective in the analogy, when you allow your feelings, it's like inviting the person into your house and determining what they need and offering it. So you're this guy in the house. You come down and these people are on your porch. You didn't invite them in like they're not your buddies. Like Maybe it is shame. Maybe it is guilt. Maybe it is fear or anger or insecurity. Maybe it's just something from the astral realm that needs you to karmically cleanse them, to karmically balance them. Some of these entities, these people, right? Some of them will need to be clothed. Others will need to be fed. They need to take a rest on your couch. They just need to sleep. But it's only because they all need to be acknowledged. They all need to be loved by the light of your soul. This soul can ignore them in the house. If you do, then it's called reacting. But when your person invites them in and shows them some kind of attention and love, they don't have control of the house and they still get what they need. This is the difference between allowing with conscious attention to the energy without engaging the body versus reacting unconsciously to the energy and turning your soul's attention off so that the energy has ownership of the house and the body. The emotional ownership is when your soul remains owner over the house and shows love to the visitor rather than the visitor taking control of the house. All right, brothers, I know. I know. Not only have I been talking at like twice the speed, we're also way over 30 minutes. So I'm going to wrap us up here, brothers. Here's the key takeaways. This is what I want to offer you today from this podcast episode. Number one, you got to know you got to begin to remember that you are a soul. You are a divine part of the divine whole. You are a fraction of the all oneness itself. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again. The universal truth is how we experience our soul. It's how we experience the all oneness. It's how we experience divinity. But I need to back up. I need to make sure that you guys are on the journey of soul remembering that there's a purpose behind utilizing the universal truth, that there's a purpose behind creating models of alignment, that there's a purpose behind cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. And that purpose is to remember who you are. That purpose is to remember that you're a soul. Okay, that's number one. You are a soul. You are divine. You are a divine being. Number two, your soul is diffracted. It's diffracted and experienced on three planes, in three realms. The causal realm, which is mind and the high vibration of invisible thought. The astral realm, which is spirit and the slightly slower vibration of information that travels in non-particle waves of energy. We call them feelings. And then the material realm, which is body. And that's the low vibrations that we experience through the body, right? This is the gas, the liquid, the solid. We experience all of these things through the five sensors that are filtered by the brain to be able to process them at the very low vibrations available to our perception in the third dimension. Brothers, our soul, as a fraction of divinity, experience itself through the trinity of mind, body, and spirit. None of it is who you are. <laughs> we are the Trinity. We experience God through the Trinity. We experience ourself, our soul through the Trinity, but we are not the Trinity itself. We are a part of how the Trinity uses itself to experience itself, which we are. We are the diffracted experience of self through the experience of itself. So choose your thoughts in the causal realm. Decorate your house. Choose your friends in the astral realm and have them over often. And when other people arrive on your porch, invite them in and show them hospitality. This is the karma of the astral realm, the bed that we wake up in when we die this third dimensional dream state. And finally, brothers, here in this realm of material form, know that the intention behind your action is what gives the action the reciprocity of likeness. Actions are movement perceived in the third dimension. They are neutral and already slowed down to low vibrations of effect. The power comes from the astral realm. 
It comes from that which is the motivation in the experience. We are motivated by vibration. We are motivated by pleasure. So learn how to create with intention the vibrations that serve you while at the same time allowing your energy to pass through you with compassion and consciousness. This is emotional ownership. Brothers, this is the foundation of what you learn in the academy. You begin as a white belt. And I love the belt rating systems in karate, right? You guys know I'm talking about karate. (laughs) The academy is the white belt. It's so easy to explain this way because in the academy, you begin as a white belt. Everybody does. Everybody begins right there at the beginning. Some of what I teach on the podcast is yellow belt stuff or orange belt stuff, and that's okay. Just know that you will learn all of this stuff quicker when you're in the dojo doing it instead of just listening to it. If you want to learn how to live this way, if you want to learn how to live as the divine being that you are, learn how to experience more of your own potential, more of your own divinity. You can begin by enrolling in the academy. Brothers, the next class of the tribe also begins very soon. Reach out if you're looking to get your coach certification and you want to get into the last class that I offer in 2022. Until next week, my friends, I love you and elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.